Before we get started, a special thank you is in order to our friends over at Stanley Customs. Stanley Customs creates amazing custom sports figurines for all you athletes out there. Right now, our listeners will get 15% off their order and all interviewees will get 25% off of their order simply by going to Stanley underscore Customs on Instagram and telling them that Globally Ballin sent you. Thank you. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us, and welcome back to the Globally Ballin' Podcast. We appreciate your support and have a special interview and episode for you today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy learning about sports and opportunities around the world. Here comes the music. I gotta let you go. He goes, I'll give you, I'll give you seven hundred fifty thousand a year to sign with us. Without right even now, showing man. off. He goes, don't even walk over to the field. Because <laughs> I had no no idea that my passport was even expired. Let me tell you, I sent out six thousand emails. Young man, how do you use a celebrity for good? You know, uh, up until that point, most of us, as, as athletes, were taught on it, use the celebrity to manipulate, to get a girl, to get famous, to get whatever it is. Had a couple guys get robbed at gunpoint, um, and one of them was just like, yeah, get me out. Actually broke my neck. I was paralyzed from the waist down, and I was never supposed to walk again, much less be able to play football again. There were hours away from kind of the nearest hospital. He ended up losing his leg over it. You finished the game with a broken hand? Yeah, I finished the game with... I'm Rio 2016 silver medalist and Asian Games 2018 gold medalist. I don't think a lot of people know the opportunities there are actually to play overseas, especially in the women's category. There are some who would still keep their nine to five jobs because the pay for being an athlete isn't enough. Don't complain when we look like idiots abroad in these big tournaments. What league or country gave you the best pay contract wise? Probably Turkey my last season. Okay. For this episode, we're joined with guest Mike Sugamoso, who is the president of the Syracuse Stallions. Syracuse Stallions originally were in the ABA, the American Basketball Association, and just recently announced that they'll be joining TBL, the Basketball League. This episode actually is a two-parter. The second half of the episode, um, second part, it's not really half, second part of the episode, our other guest is president of the Basketball League, whom you've heard before, and that's David Magley. Mike represents, like I said, he's the president of the the Syracuse Stallions, former ABA team, now joining the Basketball League. There's not a whole lot to break down before the interview. The Syracuse Stallions seem to be a brand of basketball that's doing quite well, and that's from the outside looking in, and we'll have to see how strong that brand really is as they move on to what is claimed to be a step up in TBL. Now, although it's mentioned in the interview they didn't necessarily win a championship in ABA, they were uh, fairly successful in their first couple of years in the ABA. But it's a question I wanted to ask. How do you transfer from semi-success in ABA to a step up in the basketball league? And how do you go from amateur or semi-pro to professional basketball? What's that difference? what are some of the biggest challenges you're going to have to make so this so this episode serves a wide range of audience first basketball players obviously if you play basketball and you look for opportunities this is going to be something for you it's going to dive into a new team in in an emerging league uh, in the basketball league and it also is going to 
serve for any of you who look to have a team or own a team in the future, or maybe you do right now, what does that jump look like to go from semi-pro or maybe even completely amateur to professional? What are some of those things you need to keep in mind? What are you know, what are those hoops that you're going to need to jump or those things that you're really going to need to make sure are in place before you make that jump. And in addition, we kind of break that down with David as well. And David will kind of give it from the president of a league, you know, from uh, from the top looking down. What are some of those things you need to make sure are in place before you do that? But that being said, that's more of kind of uh, ownership and you know team ownership or maybe even league ownership for from their eyes. So if that's you, that can serve as a as, good insight for you but also you players this is going to be a good interview for you to check out so that being said enjoy our interview with both mike and david but before we do that there's a couple of uh, reminders i got to give you first the social media you can always find globally ballin uh, on facebook.com slash globally ballin instagram at globally ballin official and twitter at globally ballin in addition you can now find us on patreon at patreon.com slash globally ballin we have a bunch of stuff on there. For as little as $2 a month, uh, there's platforms for you. Go ahead and check that out if you haven't already, but otherwise you can always reach us on those social media links. Continue to keep an eye out for our recent episodes. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, a rating on Apple Podcasts as well as maybe a short review is huge for us. It really is. It, it um, helps get the word out. And um, obviously, I'm a firm believer that this word is is a word that needs to get out. So any of those things that you could do follow us on the social media maybe your rating maybe your review and check out patreon at least all of those things would be greatly appreciated so thank you and enjoy the show we'll start it there just introduce who you are and, and what you do okay, so i'm mike sumosto i'm our team president as well as general manager i'm going into my third year with the team and what team are you with uh syracuse stallions syracuse stallions so you guys what league were you in prior to this change uh, we were in the ABA. We were in there for two years. Yeah. Did you start off, were you in something before ABA, or did the, did the whole brand of a team start two years ago? The whole brand of the team started two years ago. Okay. And how was how was it received year one? I know you've developed a decent following, as, especially when it comes to typical ABA response, but how, how was that following year one? To be honest, it was pretty tough. In the past years prior to us coming in, ABA was tried uh, probably four times, I would say, in the Syracuse area, with some teams playing five games and folding, some teams just hosting practices and folding, um, and then some teams just, you know, uh, just not being able to take off. We we kind of just used that as fire and fuel, you, you know, using that doubt to get us where we needed to be. So we... Uh, we went with it. We invested in local guys that had their own following. Plus, we, we signed Daywan Coleman. That um, He was the number one player in the country for a couple of years and then went to Syracuse University and due to injury, you know, didn't get the time that he deserved. So we signed him on um, and, and we had a following with him as well. So it uh, it was slow at, at, at first. We sold out opening night, but then there was a little gap in between um, in the midseason where we had a little, little fall off in our following. But since then, you know, we were good. We were we were number one in the country for ten straight weeks. You know, so we really had that that final buy-in in year one towards the end of the season when it was a, our playoff time, playoff push. Do you think part of that maybe gap with bringing in fans had anything to do with uh, fans going, oh, you know, there's another team. I thought there was a team here already. What? Who are they? I, they're not going to last. They'll fold like everything else. Do you think there's like damage that happens in a fan base when teams can't stay there long term? I, I think it's like a trust. You know, really, you can't rely on that. You know, if if people think that, you know, 
every model is the same, especially if you're in the same city. We went at it with a completely different aspect. You know, previously when they did ABA in Syracuse, they didn't pay guys. Um, we paid all one through 12 plus all our reserves um, to keep them invested, to keep them pushing their fans and, and their families coming to games. So that not only were we as owners and, and front office staff pushing it, our players were bought in and doing the same as well. So we we fought. We, we stuck with it. Um, and, and going into year two, we had a couple changes that really we, we redid our whole mission. We rebranded everything. Um, and really invested in our community and, and attending events and attending uh, or, or just helping the people that help us out, help us stay in Syracuse. So you've now you're moving on to the basketball league. What yeah. was one of the big reasons why you decided to move on? I mean, I look, the ABA was great to us. I think they, they gave us an opportunity to do as, as we chose. You know, once you buy in, you turn loose to, to do what you believe in. But with the TBL, I really look at it as quality over quantity. You know, being recognized as one of 14 teams across the country that puts the best 10 players on the floor at all times that, that we have access to really stood out to me. Plus, the, the support we've received from Evelyn and David and Carnell. Everybody's kind of just shown us, you know, the love that we that we wanted the, the appreciation, you know, David's always been comfortable to reach out and just throw ideas out. And we go back and forth a lot, almost every day. But um, there's just there's just a level of professionalism, a level of standard. Um, you can tell that they're in it for the reasons of advancing players and really providing a different product to these bigger markets. So you're jumping up and you said it's kind of moving up a step to a league that brings up quality and the best 10 that they have. You probably can't, you for sure can't say this for sure, but as far as the guys you had, are you, I mean, is there going to be massive shakeups or, or what does that look like? I mean, you, you are moving to an upper league. What yep. does that look like as far as the roster that you had? You're putting me in a tough spot to answer that question. No. You know, our, our, our 10 is our 10 right now. Obviously, we're going to attend all TBL combines, host our own combines. And, and if anything stands out to us, we're going to make an attempt to sign those players. But, you know, our mission from day one is locally or uh, investing in those local guys. So we're our plan is to stay as local as we can. Guys that, you know, may have just graduated. Our team this year was very young, um, so that was beneficial for us. But, you know, there's going to be some shakeups. There's going to be, unfortunately, some disappointed people in a sense. But our goal at the end of the day is to stay as, as centrally located as possible. Well, let's talk about Syracuse for a second then. Uh, there's some some of the markets in TBL, which are very interesting. And speaking of that, the, one of the new, the other new one for this league is Little Rock, a, a larger yep. city with n almost no other professional teams for the most part. What does Syracuse offer as far as entertainment and professional sports other than now the Stallions? I, I mean, I, I look at Syracuse as one of the, one of the biggest basketball cities in the country. I mean, looking at Syracuse University, um, I've grown up a Syracuse fan. You know, we've got the dome up on the hill. We were kind of welcomed into this this space after we showed success. You know, we we are a talent-rich area. Um, a lot of our guys, I look at Division Three, Division Two, II, Division One as just an opportunity to continue your career. We have so many kids that come out of Syracuse in our area that continue their careers collegiately. And then um, I look at us joining the TBL as an option for those guys that don't have the, the opportunity to continue their careers, whether it's G League, NBA, internationally. We're right here in your backyard, and it, it's just we're excited that we're another option for those guys. So TBL does pride itself in being kind of a, a showcase league, though, so they're very open and encouraging of people to move on even mid-season or before the season even started. I think Jamestown lost one of their stars before the season even started because he's got signs to go somewhere else. How do you look at that as a team president, the fact that you're in a league now that's very open to guys going off before you even get started? I mean, that's one of our goals is, 
is to really help these guys that may not have the tools or the help to advance. You know, we, we roll with the punches. In the two years that we were in the ABA, we sent one of our players to Australia, one to Morocco, El Salvador, Puerto Rico. And it's just, it's not, I'm not sitting here saying we did all the work, but we were able to give them a platform to continue playing while they're looking elsewhere. And once they left, like I said, we had such a surplus of talent in our area, we just were able to pick someone up that really stepped right into that role. That's our goal. We really want to help these guys advance, and that's where it matches up so well with the TBL is that they've provided endless opportunities for guys that, that really want it, that earn it. So yeah, that's, that's exciting for us. What do you see as potentially the biggest roadblocks or things you're going to have to overcome now joining the TBL? I think so far, our fans, our community are used to the way things were done in the ABA. I think our biggest challenge is going to be educating our sponsors, our, our families that come to games, all the kids that come to games, and, and in, our, in our community, what this now is going to look like, what the TBL teams coming in are going to look like. Because in the ABA, there were teams that came in and competed with us. You know, it would be, be a really close match throughout the whole game. But there's also teams that we brought in and beat up on probably by 50, 60. And, and majority of those games in the past few years have been like that. They have been lost. Now, we love the idea that we're bringing in extremely competitive teams where every game is going to be close. And, you know, we are expecting to get beat up a little bit. We are expected to get knocked down, but we like that because we want to create these rivalries. So I think the biggest challenge really is just going to be educating fans on what this is, what is different about the TBL. And, you know, we did talk, like we said in the very beginning, when teams are shifting in the same market, sometimes, you know, trust of fans can break down. How can you avoid that and assure the people of Syracuse that this isn't, a, you know, this isn't just a new big change? This is the same Syracuse Stallions they were used to. It's just in a different league. I mean, I confidently can say our product will remain the same. Our Everything that we do, fan interaction-wise during games, will remain the same or improve. Our venue will improve. We're just taking, we, I've, like our whole team, we're a team of five owners. We took advantage of this time where we don't have any games going on. Um, our operation is kind of shut down in a sense to where we can sit back and say, hey, where can we improve? Even if it was staying in the ABA for year three, we looked at how we can step up our operation for games to make it super rewarding for everyone that attends. So the product's going to stay the same. And it's, but it's also going to elevate in different areas, and it's areas that were requested by fans. We do a good job of surveying our fans and making sure that they're entertained at all times. Let's talk a little bit about ABA here. How many people, on average, on the present, did you think you were bringing in to a home game? So, like between the two years. Uh, well, um, let's go year by year because I'm assuming there's going to be a difference. Yeah, there was a difference. Um, year one, we we ha we had two different venues. Year one and year two. So year one, our venue seated about I would say 380 to 400. We sold that out for the first couple games, and then we tapered off. So on average, I would say we had 200 fans at the first game or the first season. Okay. For that first season's regional championship, we had um we had to, we sold out three weeks in advance, so we had to move to our current venue, and we sold that out at 700. So then this previous year, year two, we played at a local high school that was downtown. It was a beautiful location. We sold out at 700. On average, I'd say we have 410 fans. Wow. So we we doubled up. And now with, with the TBL, you know, one of the requirements is a thousand um, a thousand seat venue. So we did play one game this past year at Onondaga Community College with seats about 1,500, 1,600. At that game, we had 1,400 fans. Okay, so now looking kind of at your time in the ABA and making this jump kind of upward that you talked about question for you if if 
this might come off uh, <laughs> might come off tough but so you were in the ABA and you couldn't win a cha- you didn't win a championship in the ABA right yeah yeah then what makes you confident that you can make this jump upward to to a higher league if we can't get the championship in the ABA I, I just I mean that's a great question it's definitely a tough question I, to be honest I thought this year was the year year two was the year um, we were really clicking at the right times. We had the right people involved. We had the right coach. I, you know, a championship is a goal, but also we're gonna we're gonna lay the foundation and build it up to where we need to be to get that at one point. I think us being in the center of the state of New York, we can recruit players from all different areas and get them here um, and get the right pieces involved to win a championship. I know front office rides, we take care of our players. We're gonna be a really attractive place for them to come play. So a championship, yeah, it's a goal, but it's also we want to make sure we're impacting the community and having a solid organization going that's here for the long run. We don't want to sit here and spend so much money bringing in the right people, paying them the max that we can pay them, and then, you know, two, three years on the road, we shot ourselves in the foot. So we're going to take our time and build and make sure, you know, we stay competitive, but keep things under control. So we're a, we're just not a temporary team in this this, uh, this league. And you know, being a part of TBL, it's very important to be out in the community. How can you either talk about how you've done it in the past with the Stallions, or how you're confident that's going to increase being in TBL? We will do any event in the community that is asked of us. Going into year two, we really shot. You know, we really went for anything that was that came our way. Most recently, we did an event um, that was a school school event with a local school in our area. It's actually one of the biggest districts in the the county, and they asked us to play our team play against their staff to raise funds for a, a school custodian that had fallen ill with ALS. Oh. Um, and in one night, one night we raised eighteen thousand dollars um, with their help. We also do, um, we did a suicide walk for suicide prevention and awareness, um, where a whole team, you know, teamed up with one team, raised funds, and then walked the course for them. We attend a lot of stuff with our youth. We do have our youth attend and play at halftime of all of our home games. Um, We usually waive the cost of their entry by getting it sponsored by a local company. Um, We're really all about, really all about the kids. You know, a couple times this year, each owner took on a game, and we sponsored all the kids and their, their entries, so... You know, maybe our third game of the year, I think it was this year, I sponsored all the kids' entries. So that was a, that was a sellout, and it, it was just awesome to get everybody together. So we do a lot. We, we really we donate um, supplies to uh, schools and Boys and Girls Club. So we make sure we, we are um, taking care of those who take care of us. So one thing, though, um, people might not consider, and I'm sure you have as the president, is that when you are doing community things, especially if they're things like during the day, you know, you're working at a school, that's during a typical work day, right? So if your athletes are going to be able to go there, they need to be able to afford to not be working in the middle of that day to go out to the school and be with the students. So how are you as the president and the team prepared to, if you're not, haven't already been doing that, but prepared to continue to do that with your players? Um, we just have to make sure that we provide them everything that they need to be able to, you know, it's, it's a three-month season. So the guys that we want to bring in, the guys that we want to have play for us, we want those three months of their time to be focused on basketball and, and pursuing their further careers, but also taking on those community engagements and events. You know, whether it's providing them housing, getting them to and from these events, and plus paying them well enough so that they're they're comfortable to be able to do these things. We have it all planned that you know and budgeted that they're going to be taken care of if we bring in out-of-town guys. The local guys, our local guys in the past two years in the ABA have been contracted that they have to attend at least five community events. Those look like going to schools, reading with children, um, attending the New York State Fair and putting on, you know, a little three-point contest, just like the event with 
for that staff that had ALS. Um, we, we've been doing it from the start and we continue to, or we will continue to do it from here on out. So one thing that's really important for the, the security and the longevity of a league and a team is having promises that are met. How much pressure as a president do you feel to make sure you are meeting all promises met, not just contractually with the players, but every promise that a president has to make? How much pressure is that? I, I think that the pressure really comes from the transition um, that, we're, that we're making. From the ABA, we were, we were able to create our own contracts. And I know I used to be a teacher, so... I know what it takes to be good to people, um, good to kids, good to adults, teens, and, and whatnot. So the pressure doesn't lie there for me. The pressure lies in this transition where we're going from a contract that we created to the TBL, which at this point, I'm not sure if they create contracts for us and it's a, it's a, it's a one, they do it, they do it or we create it. Um, but I know in the past, I knew the contract in and out and I knew what I had to do to take care of the guys. So I'm not really worried about that. We have a really good team of, you know, the other four owners that really are on top of things too. So if I ever screw up, they kind of put me in check like, hey, Mike, you better take care of that, get that back. We're really transparent with each other. Um, we have great communication within the organization. So, and plus we allow our guys to communicate with us. You know, we don't, we don't look at the players that play in our organization as employees. We look at them as people that really can bounce things off of us and ask questions. Um, we're humans, so we, we give them the chance to do those things. How do the fans in Syracuse and the surrounding area know that the Syracuse Stallions are here to stay? <laughs> That's tough. I can just say that we, year, on, year in and year out, we've been telling them that we'll be back, we'll be back, we'll be back. I think now that showing them that we've been able to complete not one but two seasons without any hiccups, without any lacks in games, without any cancellations on our part, you know, all bills are paid. So there's nothing that says that, hey, we're, mm -hmm. there's no chance we come back. We, we make sure that we leave them confident that we are going to return. Um, you know, we, we, in making this league to the TBL, it's a large investment for us. But we see the benefits, we see the long-term goals, and we see a future here for a long time. Um, so we just need to keep continuing our, and growing our fan base to make sure that we have enough coming back on our end that we're here to stay. I can speak for myself, and I know our ownership feels the same way too. We will do whatever it takes to keep this team here for a long time. What would you say you're probably the most excited for as it comes to this new season and in the, in the basketball league? New rivalries. I'm definitely excited about yes. that. I think I think in the in the ABA we had one rival, okay, um, and that was Binghamton. Just because they they beat us, they beat us twice. Uh, we beat them four times, and every single game that we played them was a sellout. You know, our players know theirs, and you know, there's the typical talking and you know now with albany two and a half hours away from us and um jamestown three and a half hours away from us we're, we're keying in on those as they'll probably be our rivals they'll probably knock us down and beat us here and there and that's okay um we we want new rivals and that's what really excites us um it's some new competition to go up against the the developing rivalries are fun i will say on a personal note because i was at the, the you know the draft combine i was in the draft room and everything and just hearing kind of the owners and yeah. team market owners kind of chat with each other is, is fun so that'll be i'm excited for that um what yeah. what do you think the fans maybe the general the basketball league fans or Syracuse fans need to know that we haven't talked about that you would like them to know. I think that, you know, I've watched a lot of TBL games and making this transition. You know, I want to see what teams are about. I think that, you know, we offer a different style of play because of the, the way we played in the ABA with their unique rules that forced us to play quick, get a lot of shots up and, and talks with our team. You know, we don't plan on changing our style of play. 
we plan on, you know, getting a lot of shots up, playing very fast plays, a, a lot in transition. Plus, you know, if you're an away team and you're you're a fan of an away team coming to our home games, we're going to make sure you have fun, even though you're the opposition. We're going to make sure that the that you leave there like, wow, this is this is a great team. This is, you know, we might not be fans of them, but we should follow along and see what they do. Uh, we'll make sure you have fun. Awesome. I appreciate it. If there's nothing else, then we'll uh, we'll close it up. Okay. Sounds Thanks, good. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Alrighty. Thanks. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Creating Young Minds. Creating Young Minds is a nonprofit out of Louisville, Texas, brought to you by Dr. Shira Ackerman and Coach Mathis Crowder. Creating Young Minds strives to bring success to the lives of young men in ways in which they may have not reached that success otherwise. One of the ways in which they do this is through their professional basketball team, the Louisville Yellow Jackets, who play in TBL or the Basketball League. Make sure you go check out Creating Young Minds on all major platforms, including Facebook and LinkedIn. I encourage you to dive more into the mission of Creating Young Minds as they strive to bring the European model of basketball to the United States. Thank you. Hey, bud. Hey, David. How are you? Amazing. How are you? Good. I just got off the phone with Mike, and then I figured... Well, we should probably throw you on too, real quick. What did you think about him? He's he's awesome. I'm excited. It's he's a big he's a big addition, isn't he? Yeah, and he was well. He I I, I asked him what is he most excited for, and he said the rivalries that are going to come. And I was, I didn't even think of that. I was like, oh yeah, the Syracuse Jamestown game. That's going to be sweet. That uh, Syracuse Albany thing is going to be great too. I know that's not far away, and Tri State's not that far away, and oh man. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great fit geographically, like what we're doing. But he does everything the right way. He has dancers. He's in the community. He's he's the right guy. So, as a president, what what kind of vetting do you have to do for when you find a team to join the league like that? Yeah, they, they um, you know, we look at the ownership group to understand how they can fund it. Uh, if they've been in business as a team, we look at the um, we look at their activities. What are their crowds? What does the gym look like? Are they open to get a bigger gym if they're in a small gym? You know, what? How do they treat their players? Do they have dancers? Do they? You know, are they community? Are they active in the community? Because that engagement piece is so pivotal to who we are as a league. That if we don't do things the right way, it's that's just not going to work. So, we have to have the right fit, and, and they fit perfectly. Do you have any sort of rule about? Um where they can get I mean are they allowed to completely stay regional as far as the players adding to their team if they can find all their talent in Syracuse and for all those teams for that matter if they can find all their talent there is that okay well yeah that's that's preferred I mean the the closer the people the less the cost to to house them so it would be ideal but it's you look at a town like Jamestown they're not winning the game if they only have talent from Jamestown so they've got housing and they can get you know 10 12 guys in from all over the world I asked him, I said, you know, you couldn't win a championship in the ABA. What makes you confident in moving to a league upwards still? And what do you think about that? Bringing in a team that, now they were successful, but not enough, as harsh as it sounds, not enough to win in the ABA, the championship, and now they're making a step up in a league. What do you think about that? I, I think, number one, I think they did really well in the ABA. You know, they, they got, they, you know, they only played one playoff system with the ABA because their, their season got shortened with a coronavirus and they got to the elite eight of that. They had a great record in their, in their inaugural season and was blowing people out this year. So, you know, to say they couldn't win, they dominated it. It's just, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get the championship. And with the number of teams that the ABA has and the way that the Jacksonville Giants tend to have a stranglehold on that, it's hard to see anybody do it. 
but they have a solid team. They know that their team's got to be strong, if not better, to play at this level. So they're they're all basketball guys. So it's not like they don't understand what it's going to take to move up, and they'll make the proper adjustments. But they do have guys that are good enough right now. So it's not like you know a portion of their team won't be back. But they'll they'll upgrade with key spots to go where they got to go. I'm I'm confident they'll be a very competitive team. What are you most excited about adding, specifically adding the Stallions in the in the league? I think geographically, you know, located between Albany, Jamestown, and 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 and, and, um, and uh, Tri-State opens up, uh, you know, that market to really be a great rivals. I think that there's other great markets in the New York State. Buffalo's still there, Erie's right there in PA, and Springfield, Mass, Rochester, Binghamton. There's a lot of really cool markets in that area that connects us to Connecticut, that connects us to northern Pennsylvania. So New Jersey, there's other markets. So there's a whole lot of those, those Canada's. The, Ontario's just across that border. So there's a lot of, you know, solidifying that market is one of our better uh, bases to build from for, for league growth. And, and the biggest issue is, they're, they're, they do a great job with their fans. Their in-game uh, entertainment is great. I mean, the, the dancers, good, good fun. Uh, their, their community supports it. They draw a nice crowd. They know they're going to go in a bigger venue to draw even better. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're a really good fit for what we do. Do you find yourself having to do a sort of a balancing act when you add a team up in the Northeast? And now, like you said, you have Jamestown up there. You have um, Albany and, and Tri-State and even Ohio right up there. Um, do you ever worry that the teams down in Florida are now on an island and you got to add a, some, try to get somebody down in Atlanta to kind of even it out? Well, I think, I think that they're, they're all separate areas, right? So what that does is those four teams create a pod. Then we have a pod in the center part with with Columbus, Dayton, Indy, and and, and Owensboro. Yeah. You go down to the southeast, you've got Raleigh, and you've got the two teams in Tampa, Sarasota. So we absolutely need another Florida or Georgia or South Carolina or North Carolina team or two to create a stronger pod. Then you go down to the to the southwest, and you've got two teams in Dallas, Louisville, and you've got the the team in Little Rock. You know, we're we're, we're talking about a team in. In the in the you know in the, in the um, Oklahoma area, a couple teams, one near Tulsa, one near Enid. Uh, we're talking about a, a a team possibly in Tyler, Texas. So all of a sudden, you know, we're talking to a team in Richmond, Virginia. So we absolutely would love the next couple of spaces to fill in those holes. But if we get a fifth team in the Midwest or a fifth team in the Northeast, we'll take that as well because we're you know the the, the proper number is probably five to six per pod. Because then with a number of 24 games, 12 home, 12 away, you're playing the majority of your games in the pod. So between your travel and your and your, and your your rivalries are strong, but you don't play them too many times. So you start really creating some cool synergies and some savings on travel costs, which is all a part of what this model has to factor in. Now, we've, we've, I know we've talked before, um, ABA has so many teams and money can be an issue. So there's definitely teams that don't play every team. I mean, it's not even possible. But... Are there rules for TBL that say even if Syracuse plays Jamestown three times, they still need to get down to Texas at some point, or Texas needs to get to them at some point? No, no. no we 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 believe that there'll be pods. You'll play the majority of your game in your pod, and then you'll play the next pod over. So the reality is they'll either go south and, and play a couple of games uh, once, or they'll go down the southeast, go down south, you know, go down straight south to Florida and and, and, and North Carolina, or just go over to Ohio and play two or three of those teams and pretty much that's your schedule so there is some interconference play 
there's some conference play, and then we'll get into the playoffs. And again, all of this goes to savings so that we can do it the right way. Um, obviously, this is this whole scenario is different and weird. Is there anything TBL has set in stone and schedule-wise coming up or not? You haven't been able to solidify anything schedule-wise? Well, I mean, so the, so the, so the, there's, there's like three areas of scheduling we're considering right now. The games, the combines, and, and the summer league. The summer league is, is, is tied to the NBA summer league. If the NBA does a summer league in, in late July, August, then TBL will do a summer league around the same time frame in Las Vegas. And it's all designed to get our current players exposure. So we want to get five to 10 of each of our guys on every team. We'll pick up some other guys that, 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 that try out to come into that event. But if we're able to tell the world scouts that a TBL summer league is taking place during the same time as the NBA summer league, they go there under the guise of, I want to watch some NBA basketball and find some players. So there's all these events going on in Las Vegas during that time. If we're there, I think we jump to the top of the shelf of saying, where's the best event I want to go see? They're going to come to ours because we had 60 kids that went overseas in the last calendar year. So they're going to go, yeah, that, that. we had the TBL kid in Poland, the TBL kid in Israel, the, kid, the kids in Canada, and Brazil and Argentina and Mongolia and China and, and you know, Mexico. All those add up. Why wouldn't I come watch them? Because I know their players are already getting selected. And then there's the combines. And that those will take place between the start of the season and the end of the summer league. If there's no summer league, then we'll go right into combines. With the draft combine, probably getting pushed from December to January. And then we'll look at the start of the season. We had already thought about moving the season back a couple of weeks to get us away from high school and small college basketball. You know, we, we, we if we start our season February 15th or March 1st, pretty much most high schools are done. Now, you know, you, we had a, we had a great week of promotion one time in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. And they went into a couple of schools. They were excited. The kids were all coming. But the game was scheduled on a night when the four area high schools played each other. Mm. So, you know, you got two high school gyms that are seating 2,500 in. There's the 5,000 fans we're trying to draw to come into our game. So instead of doing what we thought was going to be 1,000, 2,000 that game, we got a few hundred. And it, it makes a big difference. If we're away from that part, now we can really promote to that basketball fan because our ticket prices aren't a lot different than what they're paying to go to the high school. All right. Uh, anything else uh, that you want to add about upcoming season that we haven't talked about no just that we're, we're excited we're at 14 teams with little rock in and and we really believe that you know all the teams are back from last year and we're going to be up to probably 20 to 24 with really little tighter travel areas this year and i think a more exciting uh, exciting plan and more opportunities for kids most important i mean yeah you do the math 24 gets us to almost 300 kids will have jobs this year playing pro basketball in the u.s that's pretty cool. So that's that's what the goal would be, and we'll see how it, how it works. So your, your goal is 24 by the start of the 2021 season? Well, I would say anywhere from 18 to 24. Okay. I don't want to push it too hard. We're, sure. we're at 14 right now, so if we have three or four, I would be happy. But if something happens and we pick up you know, momentum, 24 would be great. Thank you, David. Okay, so currently in the basketball league, you heard a couple of them referred to in the talk with David. There are a few teams that will be close to this new team, the Syracuse Stallions, and that includes the Tri-State Admirals that are near the New York area, the New York City area. You have the uh, Jamestown Jackals in Jamestown, New York, which is the far west side of New York. And then you have the Albany Patroons, 
my team in Albany, New York. So you have a new team being added in an area that already has a couple of teams, two of which are longer lasting brands. One of them is a very long lasting brand and that being the Albany Patroons, who of course were referenced the Michael Jordan documentary, if you saw that. So it'll be interesting, not only does it appear as though the Syracuse Stallions have cut out their own market for their brand in the Syracuse area, but they will also have some support in the surrounding New York area, having those other teams from TBL at least fairly close by. And so I'm sure that'll help them. It'll be interesting to see how year one goes. Year one is always an interesting look when going from one league to another. It's all you know, it's just as just as interesting to see a team come from nothing, join a league like TVL, but especially when a team is coming from a, a completely different style of league in the ABA, joining TVL for the first time. That being said, I like what I heard. I think I'm pretty confident in, in Mike and the Syracuse Stallions. It's going to be very interesting to see it. I think they have a good squad and setup. It's pretty early to tell so far, obviously, but as things continue to roll out for TVL, it's going to be fun to watch them develop. As is mentioned in the interview, it is going to be really fun to see any sort of rivalries that are started. I'll just say I was in, I I had the blessing of being able to be in kind of the draft room, I guess you'd call it, when um, during this last draft for TPL, I was uh, in the room with the draft going on and uh, it was fun to hear the teams kind of talk with each other, chat with each other, mess with each other, joke with each other. And none of it was in any bit malicious but it was fun because it you can kind of feel and see some of those very lighthearted rivalries starting which is really fun to witness and is absolutely accurate when you when we look forward to the Syracuse Stallions maybe carving out their own rivalries in TBL so we're excited for that I do obviously have to mention that TBL has also added another team officially added the Little Rock Lightning which we knew about for a while Little Rock Lightning had obviously mentioned that they were going to last year they were actually at tbl draft combine last year they've been working on developing their brand and getting carved out in little rock they've also announced their first team combine and tryout so there are two new teams officially in tbl right now as we sit the syracuse stallions which you just heard from and the little rock lightning you can hear actually you can hear and see a special video interview with the individuals in charge of the little rock lightning on our patreon page patreon.com slash globally ball and you'll have to join in the correct tier the tier that gives you video interviews you can find that on the fourth tier being a gold patron at patreon.com slash globally ball and obviously that will open up all the video interviews that we have done in the past including you know talks with a lot of the other teams in tbl as well as a lot of other material all listed there for you so if you are interested in seeing that uh, you can find that interview with the Little Rock Lightning on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash globallyballin, and going to the gold patron tier. Not a whole lot else to say. We're excited for the season. We're excited to see how these new teams mesh in the league, as well as looking at some of those teams that were new this past season that, you know, everything was cut short, so they may not have gotten a chance to kind of iron out who they were as a team and leave their mark in the league. So it's exciting to watch it develop, and I... I'm guessing as we see the league become a little bit more regional, wherein the teams in the New York area play the teams in the New York area a little bit more, rivalries begin to develop stronger and stronger. Maybe we see that strong, maybe we see a stronger rivalry between like a Louisville and the Dallas skyline, or, you know, like mentioned, 
the Jamestown Jackals and uh, the Syracuse Stallions or the Albany Patroons and the Syracuse Stallions or the Tampa Bay Titans and the Gulf Coast Lions. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch that develop. And so I'm excited for the coming season. Keep your eye out. If you're interested at all, make sure you follow them on all social media. That includes Instagram at T Basketball League. That's at T Basketball League. And on Twitter at TBL Pro League. So those those names are different. That's Twitter at TBL Pro League. In addition, you can find more information from their new podcast they just launched. That is a different basketball podcast hosted by Jordan Mount for all your inside information on the Basketball League. Thank you for listening, and again, you'll hear from us again soon. Hey everybody, thank you again for getting through another episode. We really appreciate it. I just want to quick redirect you to uh, where you can find us one more time to kind of close out this whole this whole episode. You can find us at facebook.com slash globallyballin, Twitter at globallyballin, Instagram at globallyballinofficial, the name was taken, and um, patreon.com slash globallyballin. Again, what you can find there is th- all of these episodes, music-free as well as ad-free and a bunch of other tiers that offer you a lot of other stuff. There is a ton of content available for you that you are not getting here that's out there on the Patreon page. So if you want to check that out, that would be great. And then, of course, again, if you like the show, we would really appreciate a rating and a review wherever you listen. I know I normally uh, suggest Apple Podcasts, but if there's a way, you know, if you listen to it somewhere else and there's a way to, to rate it, that would be great as well. But any of that is very, very helpful and very much appreciated. It does take a lot of work putting these things together and uh, editing them up and making it all mesh together and getting our interviews lined up and all this. So it takes a lot, but we really believe in it and we encourage you, if you believe in it too, doing one of those things to help us out would be fantastic. Uh, otherwise, simply you listening to our episodes coming out is is a huge blessing to us. So thank you very much for supporting the show and um, you'll get an episode from us here in the coming days.